All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Data Binge Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Russell, and today we are going to spend some time with Cecil Sunder. Cecil is a hyper AI business-focused solutions leader at Microsoft, and he spends the majority of his time crafting both tactical and then more importantly, strategic approaches for deeper partnerships within the enterprise customer space. So think big Fortune 500 customers, specifically in the artificial intelligence domain. And the best thing is he's just been really, really successful in the space. He's super good at it. Um, You're going to love this conversation today. The chat, I think, would be really valuable to those looking to understand the business landscape of why AI is working today, why it's no longer just a series of science projects. It's real. It's working. And businesses are adopting at a crazy rate. And how it's developed past the pilot stage into the production stage to help business leaders execute on their vision and become more competitive. You're in for another awesome one today. Thank you so much for listening. And if you love what we're doing here with some of these conversations, it would mean the world to me to rate the podcast on iTunes. And of course, I'm always open to getting feedback on how the show can be better and which topics we should be visiting in the future. You can find the best ways to reach out in the show notes. Now I bring you Cecil Sunder. Cecil. Hey, bud. Thank you for joining us today on the Data Binge podcast. I'm excited to, to get you on today. It's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me and uh, truly looking forward to this conversation uh, and uh, the partnership too. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and hey, you're, you're kind of the popular uh, person in our um, operating unit here in the Southwest. You've been doing a lot of really fascinating things uh, with uh, leading in the artificial intelligence business solutions uh, side of our business and, and really having some very provocative ideas and conversations with uh, people who want to um, completely change the way they do business uh, in their organization. So thank you for, for coming on today. And can you start us off by giving us a quick intro about what you're doing today and kind of what got you here? Yeah, no, first of all, thanks. Uh, you've been kind and generous in the commentary there. Um, so let me start with a quick intro. I'm Cecil Sundar. I lead uh, business solutions and AI that includes advanced analytics for solutions for Microsoft. Um, joined uh, Microsoft in 2000, 2015, and uh, it's been a wonderful uh, three years. First of all, experiencing our own transformation within Microsoft, right? And then uh, learning from my leaders and team. Uh, well, ultimately, the real exciting stuff for me, Derek, is, uh, is partnering with my customers. As you mentioned, uh, some of the provocative and uh, you know the thought leadership is is kind of a partnership with the customer. We go to market together, and uh, that's exciting, right? The transferring, transforming them, and uh, journeying with them in the AI and cloud transformation journey is pretty exciting. And uh, prior to Microsoft, I was uh, with one of our customer, and I led their uh, the, the the largest telco in the region. And I led their quality and analytics team for eight years. And previous to that, I was uh, was a major in the Air Force, leading um, the radar and communication or technical squadrons, in other words, for 10 years uh, before I decided to do my MBA in North America. So it's been a wonderful journey so far, um, you know, across the world, quite diverse, and uh, it's a great experience. And I'm, I'm blessed to be here. So Cecil, thanks for that. And just diving a little deeper, I didn't know that you were a major in the Indian Air Force. Yeah. And 
Same. Yeah. And uh, now that I have you on and finally someone from the military or some mm-hmm. military experience, uh, you mentioned some pretty deep technology experiences and radar and communications as well and, and working on this technical squadron. Right. So how is your military experience specifically um, coupled with what you took away from your MBA over at the University of Colorado? Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of your experience at L3 Communications um, as a business leader there, how have those things helped you um, prepare to accelerate these tactical and strategic business outcomes with AI? And, and you can you can try this however you like, but I think you have a really interesting combination there. That's right. That's, uh, that's a fantastic question, Derek. And uh, I really want to lay it out. <clears throat> my, my experience has been uh, um, significant... Um, no, it has been a significant benefit for me so far, uh, whatever I have uh, come across in my life, either in the military or in the corporate world, as well as in the, in the school, in the B-school. But let me uh, let me take a step back and tell you, in, in Air Force or in the military, right, you lead from the front. And um, what you are really tasked is to achieve the outcomes and results, right? That's very important uh, in these organizations, or especially in the military. As a leader of uh, technical squadrons, right, <clears throat> I've been tasked with not only evaluating the latest and greatest technologies uh, available in the world, but also the important thing is you got to implement them for the best outcomes and within a short time, right? Within a short time, you evaluate those technologies as well as you understand how to implement it, you implement it, but also realize the benefits. So this is very similar to uh, the business landscape we would see. Not many people realize it or understand uh, the benefit we bring, but this is what it's is quite um, um, interesting, right? So in the business solutions, in the business world, you have to take business solutions to market, number one. And then you also have to realize the business value out of the solutions, whether it's a margin or, a, or revenue, whatever it is, right? Customer satisfaction, all those stuff. You really have to accelerate the solution to the market. And to achieve that, what you have to do is you have to evaluate uh, the technology solutions and uh, technical capability you have, operational capability you have. And then you also need to have the conviction that it would work. And you also have to take your team along with that. And they have to, you have to believe in uh, the vision. And you also have to make your team believe in that same vision that you have. So Having that uh, background um, in a structured organization like military, which is driving on, uh, which which uh, which tasks you to deliver outcomes, and that experience helps a lot in architecting number one in the business solutions and delivering the value. Uh, other important aspect I would also bring out is is you have to be proactive, right? You have to proactive to get gain this competitive edge. If you understand all the armed forces in the world where whichever country they belong to, they they always strive to achieve this competitive advantage and they want to be faster, right? They want to be innovative. They want to be faster. They want to really have edge or competition. Very similar in, in the business and industry, right? <clears throat> uh, you have to have the competitive edge and in this innovation economy, you have to accelerate time to market and you have to realize the outcome. That's exactly what... Uh, uh, I have been doing, and that, that perfectly fits very well. And and one last thing I would comment: innovation uh, in these uh, organizations, like armed forces and everything, when especially you are in deployed in field, 
is paramount, right? You have to innovate within the resource you have. You have to rely on uh, um, your capability. You have to believe in that. But you also have to sometimes use traditional methods and resources that's available to you. But that comes quite handy. Uh, the, those experiences are quite handy. If you think of this innovation economy, you have to really innovate faster. You have to accelerate time to market. You have to be quite competitive in this digital world. So those experience, like that's what I, I'm, I'm blessed with that experience in the military and I have those, went to the B school, um, understood how corporate world uh, works, as well as I have this uh, experience within um, the business teams that how do we lead it from the front and uh, it's, it's, it's come together very well in this uh, within Microsoft too. So this, so this is super powerful, again, because we, there's just so many people that are leaving the armed forces, whether it's international or it's domestic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like the three things that you're saying that it makes total sense. You're, you're accelerating, you're evaluating, and then you're implementing. But you're having, since you're, you're having to constantly be looking at your competition because it's... Right. Has to do with glo- you know global security and you know wealth and I health. Of- it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speed, mm-hmm. and then but you're also kind of having to be clever because you have to operate within your resources, and you you probably right. have a legacy system. Don't have an unlimited uh, resources. You have to innovate within. Yeah, you're totally right. That's okay. That's massively huge. Yeah. So now let's shift that, and now it makes perfect sense the roadmap for why you're successful with AI leadership and workloads because all of those things have to exist. Yes. Companies, they need quick wins. They have these legacy systems. They have limited resources. Mm-hmm. They have to be at the competitive edge because they're looking to beat their competition. Um, so how are you seeing AI shaping the industry? How, what, what, is that, what does that look like for you? And then yeah, we're, we're seeing risks. You know, I personally have managed some, some projects that didn't go the way that the customer or our team wanted. So can you give us a little bit of some anecdotes or some experience around how to mitigate those risks? Yeah. Yes. Again, a good question uh, in terms of uh, what we are seeing in this innovation economy, right? What, first of all, we have to understand and um, realize this is a pure innovation economy and digital economy, right? Uh, AI or artificial intelligence, as we all know, it's it's probably uh, being termed as that uh, fourth industrial revolution that's going to shape how we live our life and operate in this world. And uh, <clears throat> you, would, you would also realize this as, as when we talk about AI, it's there everywhere. It's no more a jargon. You and I are experiencing it every single day. We have it in our smartphone, you have it in our email, the video games we play, the e-commerce sites we go to, right? So all these things, it's it's in, it's in navigation system, it's in your Siri and Cortana, everything. So we are knowing or knowingly or knowingly, we have we are experiencing it. It's transforming our lives, left, right, and center. It's there in your smart devices in your home. But when you take a step back and understand, I'm using it, whether I realize it or not, it's a different story. But then, what's happening in the business landscape? is they are getting, uh, they are having the, um, they're creating an awareness, number one. We are creating an awareness, number one. Number two, they're also realizing they have to innovate faster, right? Uh, to grow their top line, to accelerate the product, traditional pain points, right? How do we accelerate product to market uh, and then drive a seamless customer experience? And what 
we have to realize and we have to coach and educate our customers to some of the customers are matured in this area is ai presents a tremendous opportunity it's not tactical by the way right we delivers value across all these areas of product customer experience internal efficiencies top line margin everything and if any business leader or a leader of any organization can use ai as a strategic differentiator there's a huge competitive advantage he or she can deliver right for example i will quote a couple of example right for leveraging if you leverage gpus and deep learning in the medical field you can uh, uh, you can really predict the cancer and and the diabetes and all those things to um, to improve quality of life and and increase life expectancy huge huge uh, change in terms of how an organization can deliver customer satisfaction if you are in healthcare and improve quality of life and predict something that they are not aware and uh, you can uh, retain them and definitely do a great customer service there the same thing in in different industries um let's say think about real time uh, risk prediction right uh, traffic and transactions that you can uh, predict that's another significant customer experience uh, using your deep learning and gpus neural networks and those stuff using cognitive services you can again using using vision api uh, speech and text analytics you can take your customer engagement to completely to the next level for retention as well as you know drive top line growth right upsell and cross sell opportunities there's another significant possibility there in using augmented reality and virtual reality you can now design green buildings smart cities right to drive the energy efficiencies there are there are use cases across the board but the point i'm trying to make here this is no more a pilot this is this this error is no more about uh, you know creating the small wins or tactical stuff it's all about being strategic but having said that i will all address your question straight away are there risks in this area absolutely yes the risk comes in a cup uh, uh, maybe in two two forms right one is our inability to understand um <clears throat> this is not something that is a bandaid it, it cannot be a quick fix it ca- it is a journey if we understand and we realize it's a journey and the journey is going to be so impactful you still can gain order of magnitude return just because one program has dedicated uh, to your word we started one program but the the owners are uh, the burden is on us to coach these business leaders and educate them hey this is okay you know this is a, from where you operate from where you, what was your baseline you have a, you can achieve this real significant uh, returns maybe you have to be patient with this thing because it also comes with the organizational maturity so they think that uh, deep learning and machine learning is going to solve your problem overnight that wouldn't be the case right so we i we, we get that all the time we have companies that have interest in ai and we even have yeah. teams and on competitor and competitors and even sometimes internally with microsoft because it's so new and how they approach projects and say hey let me tell you about ai you need ai and and the, and the customer is saying yes we do we need it when the, you said it's a journey there's so many different things you have to have in place there's so many risks involved like you have to have the right stakeholders involved you have to have the people that are willing to take the risks people that can partner with you long term um right it's it's there's a lot of things that happen that have to happen the right way right 
for these things yeah. to move forward. It's just like uh, it's just like you're starting a journey, and you don't you don't reach your destination. Um, it's it's a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. So we have to we have to educate our, our stakeholders, our customers. You know what? But but it's also the the flip side. What's the flip side, right? Of not doing this, so you lose completely your competitive advantage. You you are not either way. You have to do it. It's not direct. So the the conversation should be. It's not a question of should we do it or should we not do it. It's when they should do it, right? It's it's like people debating should we go to cloud or not go to cloud. There's there's no no uh, there's no doubt in some of the uh, you know in leaders' mind. It's a question of when. It's not yes or no answer, right? So then educating them and making them aware it's a journey. But even if you uh, fail. Uh, it's not a failure, right? But taking a couple of steps and understand where did we go wrong, what could have been done better. Maybe it's an engagement of subject matter experts, right? Maybe it's articulating the business value up front. What are we going to um, uh, achieve in this eight to twelve weeks? We are running an AI program, but also it's also appreciating the fact um, and rec- appreciating and recognize the fact that uh, this is the things are complex. So uh, do we have enough? Uh, data it's a data of right quality and all those things right so evaluating it and being honest about it and presenting to them it's a journey and we will do one step at a time most important thing is scoping and uh, making sure you are identifying value this is what we are going to deliver and uh, delivering it right and we owning it is also going to be important there so, so have you had any have you had any um, experience with in the past um, maybe at L3 or uh, anywhere else before that, where you had to deliver a technology or a, str- a strategic perspective around tech- how to use technology. And it was risky and it was tough. Right. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking 10 years ago when you know the iPhone, the tablets were, were starting to come out, the companies were like, hey, do we want to go mobile? Do we want to build uh, apps? IPad, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it, mm-hmm. are, there simil- are there similarities there? Because we're going to go to the cloud, every business is going to be an AI first business. Do you do you see any similarities mm-hmm. between any other times in history, recent history, where there's been a similar learning experience from this? Oh, it's a, it's a, I think one of the best questions you asked. I'll tell you, every program is doomed to fail if you 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 think that you can just run it on your own and uh, make it happen. So I've been blessed with sponsors. Uh, that believed in the, they had a vision and they believed in uh, <clears throat> the proposal that we put on the table and uh, they stood by us. So they, they the sponsors, uh, the most critical piece of the puzzle. If, if you, the sponsors are not convinced, this is the journey they, uh, they would go with us, they would walk with us. Uh, I don't think any, any value you create it's going to be that appreciated because it's all it all I would, I would probably boil down to two things one is the having uh, having the conviction and capability from our side and a sponsor's uh, determination and the vision it has to both has to come together right without which whatever value we think we have created it may not be appreciated from the other side um, and uh, as I mentioned right coaching having this transparent conversation with uh, the sponsor, a business leader, or IT leader, whoever you're working with, and making sure that you articulate 
this is the steps we have taken and also bring the best practices, right? One thing we have to do uh, is maybe they don't know because they're also maturing, uh, maturing their organization or maturing within. Can we take some best practices of success stories uh, that we have realized in different vertical or different industry, but bring to them and this is the journey, this is how we do it, right? So uh, that, that would be my recommendation there. So uh, you, you keep on coming back to conviction and you mentioned the conviction from your military experience and having, you obviously have that when you're in the military um, and you're talking about con- conviction with these business sponsors who are sponsoring these projects and you're 100%, you couldn't be any more right because I have a short list of things that I need when we target specific customers to help try to help bring value and help them escalate their value there's certain things that we look for. You know, you have to have the data, you have to have the right business sponsoring, people who care, you have to have a problem. But conviction is huge. It's a new one on the list. What about when you have someone that doesn't, yeah. ha- doesn't have conviction? Is it something that you have from the get-go? Or do you have to go in, blow their socks away with some solutions that are working right now and kind of making them a business map and then they get it? Or do they have it from the beginning? What do you think, like, in terms of how do you inspire yeah, a, that conviction? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, again, um, it's it's not that whether you have the conviction or you don't have. One of my mentors, um, so I was um, I was attempting to um, get into a, one of the leadership programs within a company, and I didn't get it. And uh, when, when I was talking to him, he was telling, um, as a senior vice president, he was coaching me, hey, you know what? Um, you have to have the conviction and you have, need to have the belief within you if you want to realize and achieve anything. And I, you know, I, I can claim it comes, part of it comes from uh, my past experience in uh, armed forces. But I think that's a, that's a compelling statement he made, right? Unless it, it's not something that, you know, other people are going to coach you or train you, but you need to have the belief that, okay, if, first of all, the belief comes from, having the capability, right? So that means you have to prepare well, make sure you understand the domain, make sure you understand uh, what is, uh, whichever uh, uh, whichever technology area we're working with, AI, what does it mean? Like, what does it mean in terms of deep learning, uh, cognitive services? So having that continuous learning process will yield to a better uh, understanding of, uh, do we have this conviction that can you make it successful? But I'll, I'll probably, um, I wouldn't put everything on my own conviction or the conviction that people have. I would put 70 to 8, 60 to 70 percent, right? Weightage on sponsors' vision and belief. If they don't believe what they're doing, and uh, there's no way, there's no way that uh, together we can be successful, right? That's that's that is the the, the important thing. Whether the sponsor have the vision and journeying with them and making sure that he or she realizes the value that they are uh, aiming for. And that becomes, that creates trust, right? The vision of the sponsor and their determination to make sure uh, that uh, their organization, there is this innovation happening within the organization. They're trying to change the landscape. That determination is so important. It's top down. Our capability and conviction and at the same time, our endurance to implement it, our capability to build and our endurance to implement it and journeying with them and partnering with them, uh, it's going to be a huge factor in success. And that creates trust 
that creates scalability that creates sustainability got it so you're you're a, you're a huge vision vision conviction and i i think we talked about this um before personally where you know th- this emotional thing is just fair you have to understand where it's coming from and you're saying it's 60 to 70 percent of of the result of the yeah. business outcome i mean that's that's huge yeah um, so comes from our business sponsor the sponsors conviction and the dream and the vision they have right so for sponsors yeah. For for line of business folks that are listening or people who are directors or whatever, they're advocating some kind of idea that are listening now. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give them for having to direct their vision? So you mentioned that they have to have, you know, the belief and you have to have certain capabilities. Um, and we know how to help others stand those things up when we're going and talking to customers. But if, if, if you're doing this, by yourself at a, at a business today in a silo. What is the best advice you have for those types of people? Yeah, you know, it depends on, uh, they know their business very well, right? Derek, we all, we all have to believe in that, right? We talk to any sponsor, we, we have, they know this, they know what domain they're operating in, they know what uh, they need to do, but the know-how is what we bring to the table and the capability, right? They may not know uh, the specific technologies, but they definitely know the competition, right? They definitely understand the macro environment. They know that price compression is happening and I have a margin pressure. I need to improve my productivity, right? They, they, they know this, they have this pain point. They, all, they also know uh, they have to solve for it. Our opportunity is, is stand in front of them and bring them these uh, capabilities and making sure so these are the things we have achieved. Let us partner, right? And taking that accountability on us and delivering results is going to be a significant uh, turnaround. And that's what they, they're looking for, right? My my recommendation is, you know, so who who would be partner? Do you need a do you need a vendor? Do you need somebody um, who's always going to push you to the cloud? Or do you need somebody that is, uh, is going to be monetizing your data assets? Or do you need a partner? Like one of my leader put it, your margin is not our opportunity, right? So if they're in retail, Microsoft doesn't compete in retail. We don't compete in any of the business. But we we have this <clears throat> tremendous um, aspiration to journey and partner with our customers making sure we, we win, win together, right? So we don't debate on how to capture their margin if you have a similar business. I don't want to quote any of our competition, but but that's 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 what they the business leaders have to recognize. Like, what does Microsoft truly bring to the table, or any cloud provider, right? Do they do they provide a capability, or do they provide a technology? Do they provide a platform, or do they uh, are they coming? To partner and go to market together, and you know appreciate the risk we have, and also enable us, empower us, and that's exactly what uh, we should bring to the table, and that's what they should recognize too. We are not there to compete, right? We not only bring those platforms and uh, technologies and 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 best practices. We all have vested interest in realizing success in kind of going to market with them. Or kind of, you know, their success is our success, right? Having that empathy and customer obsession that we talk about. 
is very powerful and they have to realize that so to partner with us that's beautiful cecil that's really beautiful i'm i'm glad that you are hitting these these points because they're important so one one thing i really want to sorry to interrupt i really want to point out <clears throat> people keep asking me what's your differentiator right so give or take you know we all all the cloud providers one day we will catch up on the, the catch up time the time to market if we have a very deep learning uh, models or deep learning capabilities or or ai capabilities or cognitive capabilities uh, with us somebody to catch up it's a question of time if someone has a different uh, uh, accuracy we always talk and when you talk to technical teams hey, their accuracy is uh, higher than yours and yours is probably better than theirs that conversation is tactical is operational even we will all catch up with each other but the true opportunity for any business is to partner with us is not based on just technical or product capability it's based on what top we bring to the table in terms of your data protection we don't monetize your data we don't what's the scale we bring across the globe right the major differentiation the major opportunity for business leaders to understand the scale in which we operate across the globe the reach we have and we don't compete so that's a that's a big differentiation differentiators i would ask all of our business leaders or partners to think about how how we can engage and how we can uh, deliver value together so i'm gonna, i'm going to sneak this in since yeah. we're starting to to start having fun here mm-hmm. so in the way that i kind of go to customers and talk to them um there's some folks that are extremely protective uh and biased about their solutions obviously we're mm-hmm. micros we're, we're we you know we're microsoft people we bleed mm-hmm. orange or what or whatever color we're supposed to say we bleed right Fine. um but customers are are multi cloud every mm-hmm. business is going to be multi cloud i i personally have dropbox yeah. i have one drive i have google drive i have i have everything i have box mm-hmm. <laughs> so our customers probably have the same so you, how would you say obviously we have our differentiators right obviously the walmarts of the world are going to work with us because mm-hmm. we're not competing in the space mm-hmm. but how do you coach your customers as a trusted advisor to perform some kind of a swot analysis or really look at the strengths and and weaknesses of every single cloud do you see that coming up do you do you see that coming up in the near future where there's going to be exposure on google pl- cloud platform aws microsoft we know we're not going to be able to tell a company to get rid of their oracle environment completely because all of their skill sets are on oracle hmm. um what is your coaching for how businesses should be using these strengths and weaknesses of all these different cloud and partners. No, I think it's um that's a very uh, compelling question, right? So I think we should encourage based on the niche, based on uh, um what their uh, capability is. If someone has invested uh, long term with uh, certain vendors or providers, absolutely, you know, they should uh, continue to realize the value. It all it all depends on are they realizing the value? in the platform or the provider they invested in is it something that uh, uh, scalable right and it all comes down to your economic sense right in in theory the the idea is can they trust can they trust microsoft and are you the trusted advisor and can we scale can we scale uh, along with them across the globe so that's that's a major thing but those experimentation 
if you look at uh, the innovators, uh, they, they always have to evaluate different technologies. It's perfectly fine. But our opportunity is if we deliver quick wins, if we deliver quick results, um, there is enough capability across uh, the platform uh, to do what the other platform providers are doing, other vendors are doing. Uh, so we can truly partner, right? That's what I would recommend. Got it. So trust and scale. Trust and scale. And you know, at the end of the day, it comes to um, how fast we can deliver and um, deliver quick wins, right? When I tell speed, speed is not the quality, how fast we can deliver wins and um, <clears throat> and journey with them, right? And it's all the Microsoft has this advantage of one of, I think everybody knows it. We, we are a true hybrid provider. We don't push in one way or other, right? We are uh, we are the legacy and native uh, hybrid provider for any company. You know, we have restrictions on uh, data that we understand it. The restriction on not migrating data center straight away, we totally understand it. And the the intelligent edge that we are uh, banking on, and we are investing a lot in the AI space, can be straight into your data center, or we can also deploy in cloud. So this is completely transformation. This is an awesome conversation. Yeah. yeah, no, this is an awesome conversation, Cecil. I mean, I I thought this would be great because I there's you bring so many different dynamics to these processes, and it would it would it would take some time to really peel back the different layers of what you think about this and all the different the business mm-hmm. acumen and, and the technology aspects. Um, so we're running uh, short on time, and I wanted to ask you, you know, what's what's next for you? It seems like you're passionate a lot about a lot of things in the space. You uh, just recently um, got a promotion and moved into a different um, part of the organization. Um, can you mm. tell us, you know, what's next for you? And uh, yeah, that's, a, that's another good question. Personally, right, uh, I'm super excited with uh, the transformation uh, that's happening in AI and with the business teams, right? So with my customers and uh, Every day when I, when I when I go to bed, it's it's just that you know today what what good conversation I had with my customer, right? It's not it's not about what I'm going to be next uh, year or so. Uh, that that motivates for me to learn more. In my mind, you know, if if I would like to be, I would love to be in the space AI for uh, quite some time, but also um, would love to take because you know, if you look, think about my background. I have this different uh, diverse cultural and uh, and leadership uh, experience across the globe. I'm thinking, what if, you know, in in near future, I can lead uh, a global uh, team for Microsoft? And one of the things that um, uh, Satya has wrote in his book, Hit Refresh, and Eric, I know it's probably, it's it's a compelling statement he made. Don't think that you work for Microsoft. Um, You might- Microsoft works for you. Yes. So, yeah, so my, that. yeah, that's, that's a perfect way to, and, you know, he, he also made a commitment to the employees, right? You know, I'm going to ruthlessly, that word he used was ruthlessly remove all the barriers for innovation. And uh, I didn't tell you that I, I, I own at least five to six patents. I think uh, um, <clears throat> either approved or in filing. And um, I tend to be innovative a little bit on my own. Uh, but at the same time, all the things I believe will come together one day for for a, a greater and larger opportunity, whether it is uh, it's within Microsoft or whether if it's for a social cause, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm taking one step at a time, 
And uh, so near term, I would love to uh, take a global responsibility because every best practice is that, and this is, this is how I would end, right? Everything you do with one customer today, remember this, that seamlessly should fit in the next customer, next customer, next customer. Not, not exactly, one size doesn't fit all, but a little bit of customization here and there, we don't have to reinvent it. That's what I think. Our opportunity when we innovate with an AI and work with such wonderful set of customers here, there is a global opportunity waiting for us. So that's where my uh, my heart is. Well, let's see if it happens, right? Hopefully it will. And with uh, with, uh, with the scale and uh, the scope Microsoft provides us, at the same time, you know, guess what, man? I'm I'm very uh, content with uh, uh, you know what I have. So we'll see how it goes. Fantastic, Cecil. Well, thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us. And I'm definitely looking forward to catching up with you more and more. And as you uh, as you continue to scale and learn, um, as you uh, uh, get deeper in these partnerships, and I'll go ahead and I'll post the, the the names of the books that you mentioned on the the show notes of the podcast, and then I'll also put okay. down your your LinkedIn profile as well, so folks can just reach out and connect with you on LinkedIn if they like. Hey, Derek, and I truly appreciate doing this one, man. And uh, hey, I, one thing I forgot to tell, I'm, I'm also inspired by you. You know, what makes you do this? Can I ask you a question? What, what, what's the, uh, like, because this is, uh, you bring a different culture within uh, the region. And, uh, you know, help, help me understand what uh, what's inspiring you to, uh, you know, have, having this podcast and transforming customers and, and, and encouraging our leaders to do this thing. What, What's your ambition, man? Yeah, it's, it's, thanks for asking me the question. So for me, you know, it's it's always I've always excelled at learning, and I took a couple different, um, you know, Gallup the Gallup Strengths Finder um, test, and it shows you what you're good at. And there's like five top strengths I'm good at, and one of them was 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 learning and uh, uh, being a futurist. And I love learning uh-huh. about new, new technology. I don't have a technology background, so being here at the company. You know, I need to learn from folks like yourself. And I was having a lot of these conversations, and I thought to myself, "Well, how can I, at scale, help others learn and help others rediscover things about their own lives and what they're doing today, and find their passions by just listening to something that me and you were talking about?" So then I started getting into this idea of doing podcasts, and then I I'm super into uh, you know digital advocacy being able to share ideas and advocate your ideas digitally uh, because the, mm-hmm. buying, the buying process has so many different new stakeholders, so many different decision makers. The information is at everyone's fingertips. So you really have to be a specialist and an expert in a topic. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I, I felt like the, the best way to do that is to just get out there. And, and like you said, you, you have you know six or seven patents of technology. And I don't, I don't have any technology patents, but every single time I create something, whether it be written or video or voice, it's a, it's, it's a thought. It's intellectual property. It's, mm-hmm. a, thought, it's a thought patent. And it'll, it'll exist forever as long yeah. as the data is stored. So that's kind of why I'm doing it. And it's, it's fun for me. And like today, I'm going to you know, listen to this, this podcast again before I edit it and, and uh, share it out with the world. But in doing so, I'm going to be taking all these different items and approaching my customers and colleagues and teaching them what I learned from you. So, hopefully, what goes around comes around, yeah, man. That's right. Well, good luck with <laughs> yeah. that. You know, you got to be a good digital advisor pretty soon. For, so, 
I'm wishing you very best, Derek, and we'll continue to partner, man. Thanks sounds, for this. Uh, sounds good, Cecil. Thanks for joining, man. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and having some fun with us on the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me on LinkedIn or at DRUSS Network, D-R-U-S-S Network on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also reach out to me anytime via email at Derek at thedatabinge.com. The Data Binge podcast is a personal thought form where we share knowledge and ideas. Views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of my employer, Microsoft. I really hope you enjoyed. Thanks a lot.